Welcome to Airbnb with D. This is your host, Devana, and today's explosive episode is about saving versus investing. What options are available to you in 2023 as a new investor? Is it best to place your money in a high-yield interest account? That's exactly what we'll go over. The world has changed. We're in 2023 now, and there are a lot other options for us than there were for the baby boomers. So those of you that are wanting to make sure that you're making the best investment decisions, this episode is for you. Raise your hand if you have ever been told that you should be saving 20% of every paycheck and putting that in the savings account. We have all been told this. This is what the United States preaches. Saving money is the only way to secure your financial future, right? That's the way that they put it. Putting your money in a bank account, maybe a high yield interest account, and hoping that it will grow over time was kind of just the age old advice. But guess what? We're in 2023 now. And saving your money is no longer the way to be financially free. Unless you're saving it in a high yield interest account that pays at least 10% per year, which is very rare, then you're actually losing money. You're only losing money because of inflation. So I'll start it off by saying that. Inflation is the increase in the price of goods and services over time. It means that your money is actually worth less every year. In the United States, the average inflation percentage is 3% per year. And we can see that play out even in groceries. The price of bread this year is not the price of bread two years ago, three years ago. Capri Suns, any of my parents that are buying groceries for the kids and for lunch and realize what is going on, what is happening? These prices are out of control. Anyone try to go get their hair and nails done? I remember when I was getting my nails done for the first time, a full set would cost you about $25. If you wanted it extra long with the rhinestones, airbrush designs, that's where you would start to get a little bit more pricey. But for the most part, it was 25. I'll admit this, since I, my finger has been broken, I have not actually went and gotten a full set. I am a press-on lover. I love me some press-ons as I even get more into business. Guys, ladies, not guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> ladies. If you are someone that has branded photo shoots, constant meetings, Zoom presentations, or you're out meeting with clients, and you're constantly worried about your hands, meaning that you're like me with ADHD and do not like to sit at the nail salons, I hate it, hate it, hate it. We'll go for a pedicure, I love my pedicures, you see I didn't mention those. And that's fine for me because my hands are free. I can be on my phone, I can be on my computer, but it's something about when they're touching those hands for two hours at a time, I go crazy. So press-ons have been a lifesaver for me. But those of you that are not introduced to the press-on party, the last time you went and got a full set or even a pedicure, the prices have just changed, period. So this is the reason why putting our money to work for us with investments is better for you now than ever. And moms, I just wanna throw something out. I'm gonna be throwing out this statistic a lot over the next few episodes because I think it's important that we realize that starting a business is not an option, it's a necessity. If you do have children, and, and God forbid you have more than one, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding, not God forbid. But if you have children, do you know that the United States, the average, in the United States, the Department of Agriculture has 
done some surveys and studies and come up with this number that it takes about an average of 300,000 to raise a child from zero to 18. That number is a little bit more around 288,000 and some change, but we're gonna round it up to $300,000. So basically moms, if you are not already in a six-figure position in corporate America or already profiting six figures from your business, you are at a deficit. It's what happens. You may not see it day to day. Sometimes you're looking like, oh my God, that number is astronomical. How does that tie out? It ties. The studies have shown. So you have to have a business and you have to have more than just the savings. You have to have investments. So when we think about investing our money, it gives us more power to double and triple our profits. Unlike even a high yield interest account that gives us returns annually, or maybe even you'll see those payouts monthly because I do see that with some of my accounts, but the amount is so small, so nominal. Is it nominal or nominal? Whatever it is, it's so small, right? That is nothing compared to a guest check-in with Airbnb or even one of my tenants paying their weekly rent at the office suites. So let's break this down. One of the best ways to invest your money is by creating an Airbnb or an office space. Both of these are businesses that you can start with as little as $4,000 and generate thousands of dollars per month and passive and residual income. Because before it turns, you know, before it gets to the passive part, you do have to implement some procedures <laughs> to make it that way for you. So I don't want to have you going in this blind, but once you get your systems together, you don't have to work for it. It comes to you automatically. How well does it work? I'll give you two scenarios. So scenario one, you leave your $4,000 in a bank account and you earn 2% interest per year. After one year, you have $4,080. Okay. After five years, you have $4,416. This is just on a 2% interest. So of course, if you have an account that offers you like 4.1, 4.2, you would use your calculations accordingly. But after 10 years of a 2% interest account holding $4,000, after 10 years, you have 4,866, which is not bad, right? Because that means that that was all free money that was added on and you didn't have to do anything other than have the money sitting there. Well, that's wrong. Because of inflation, your money is worth less. So your $4,000 today will only be worth $2,959 in 10 years. That means that you actually lose $1,041 in purchasing power because of inflation. Scenario two, you use your $4,000 to create an Airbnb or an office space. You find a property that you can lease for anywhere from $1,000 to $1,300. And I love this number because Office spaces sometimes are um, a little less expensive than apartments, depending on your area, because there are some areas that because of inflation and supply and demand, you're seeing apartment costs anywhere between $2,200 and $4,000, which is ridiculous and nothing compared to the prices even 10 years ago. So let's just say you get a place for $1,000 a month and you furnish it with $3,000 worth of furniture. You list it on Airbnb or Peerspace, and I'm giving you the basic numbers. We always aim higher for 100, more than 100 per night, but you have to just get an idea of this. 
So you list it on platforms like Airbnb and Peerspace, and then you charge $100 per night or per day for guests and clients to use your space. And let's say you have an occupancy rate of 70%, which means that your space is booked for 21 days out of 30 on average. After one month of just doing that, you've earned 2,100 in revenue, and this is just minimum. And then we minus the 100 or the 1,000 for rent, and then the 200 for utilities and fees and cleaning, and then it leaves you with a profit of about $900. After one year, you have earned $10,800 in profit, which is more than double of your initial investment. After five years, you've earned $54,000 in profit, which is 13 times your initial investment. After 10 years, you've earned $108,000 in profit, which is 27 times your initial investment. Now, which scenario sounds better to you? Saving your money in a bank account or investing it in something like an Airbnb or an office space? I think the answer is clear, but if you are even a little bit more unclear, unsure, this is where the Airbnb pre-launch planner will come to work for you. And the link is in this episode's description. This planner gives you information such as we're discussing today to help you make the best decision for your business. Sometimes that best decision may be launching an Airbnb, launching an office suite, renting a commercial space with the warehouse, who knows? But wherever it leads you, that planner will assist you in making sure your vision and your mission is clear so that you can get to the fun part of the business, which is making the money. Even when we look at statistics, just to get you comfortable, according to Airbnb, there are over 7 million listings worldwide and over 2 million people stay in an Airbnb every single night. According to Peerspace, there are over 15,000 spaces available for rent across the United States, Canada, and the UK, and over 100,000 bookings made every month. So these numbers show that there is a huge demand for short-term rental properties of all kinds. And there is a lot of money to be made in this industry. We talked about before how the Airbnb or short-term rental or vacation rental industry, I should say, is valued at $116 billion. That is so much money. So, all right, let's go to the fun part. The fun part is why would this strategy have been better for baby boomers? In case you don't already see the clearness of it, our times have changed, our world has changed. So the information I'm giving you is not to combat anything that you've ever learned. It's to help make you flexible to today's time. In the past, investment opportunities were limited. But today we have online platforms, more investment products. We now have a wider range of options to choose from. This is why it's led to diversity in investment portfolios, where we can even talk about making six figures with property that we don't own. Many baby boomers were very risk adverse. And that was due to the historical economic conditions at the time. The modern generation has generally become more comfortable with risk. So that means that we are the ones, and I know that this is crazy, but we are the ones that are spending you know, money on the bottles and the clubs. I could only imagine if our grandparents knew how much they would 
they charge to get a section at like a nice nightclub or a bar, or even to have an event for your business and rent out the bar, you know that costs too. These are things that they would not even, they would have had to save their whole lives to accomplish. So we have, they have a lower risk tolerance. We have a higher risk tolerance because we have so many different investments. We've now been trained that, hey, when it comes to stocks and bonds, you may lose your money. When it comes to cryptocurrencies, it may be obsolete in two years. These are things that we are learning and yet still inv investing our money into because there's still a possibility that we can get very rich. High yield saving accounts provided guaranteed returns and they still do. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people feel comfortable putting the money in these types of accounts because you know that you're at least owed something, right? But investors have had to seek riskier assets to get more money because these accounts don't pay out and rightfully so. There's no way a bank is going to guarantee you, you know, this much more money and you do nothing. How can they afford to do that? That's like they're selling the money. In the past, saving accounts were often seen as accessible due to lower deposit requirements. But today's investment platforms give us low minimums or no minimums to get started, which makes it easier for all of us to enter the stock market, to invest in other assets, to launch our own Airbnb. It's even free to create your Airbnb account. The only time you'll be paying them is when you get bookings and that's a commission of your booking, which you can write off on your taxes and get your money back. So it's a win-win. Historically, there was a lack of financial education. Now we have all of these resources on the internet and we now have greater access to information that makes our investment opportunities feel more comfortable for us. We get to gather information, look up companies, see if they're um, BBB accredited, see if they have any complaints, check their ratings and review, go to Google, go to Yelp. These are things that our people couldn't do before that we're able to do now, which ultimately make our investment opportunity a little less risky because we have more information on these companies now than we would have had even years ago. The investment landscape has shifted dramatically. With that comes more opportunities, but it also requires us to be better educated and more selective in our investment choices. Previously, I recorded an episode about Invest Festival versus Fearless Funds Venture Capital Summit and the differences in those programs and how even someone launching a business, scaling their business, when you're investing into these type of events, you have to know what is the right event or the right investment for you and your financial goals. That's so important, so, so important. So again, I thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was just a very brief breakdown on savings versus investing. The next episode will be going over the 50-20-30 rule. I am so excited to go over this because on average, the average advice is that you should be allowing 50% of your take-home pay to go towards your essentials, 30% to non-essentials, and 20% to saving for future goals. Now, I need you to mix that number along with the fact that you learned that on average, to raise a child from zero to 18, it takes about $300,000. And then in that episode, we're going to couple that with the minimum wage 
and the average amount that jobs are paying people with educations and without. And then we're going to see how the heck can you even abide by the 50, 20, 30% rule and still pay your bills without what? Ding, 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 starting the business. So it's not as hopeless as we think. The answer is always starting the business, guys. Start the business, start the business. And get the planner. If you are still waiting to launch your Airbnb or scale your venture, you just probably need a little bit more organization and some support. This is what the planner provides for you and it is available for you digitally or in a hard copy. If you have not already followed Airbnb with D on Instagram, please do so. And if you are someone that is looking for an accountability group, please visit airbnbwithd.com and join the accountability group posts. And it will be happy to welcome you and answer any questions that you may have. I'll talk to you in the next episode.